Hey, this is Stu for Bitcoin Fi. I wanted to put out another episode today, cast another pod out to talk about some of the recent headlines with crypto and also the value proposition that crypto offers to people. I wanted to at least start touching on that and why crypto actually matters, what problems it's trying to solve. I know my last episode was things to know before you invest in crypto, but obviously you're not going to invest or buy crypto if you don't know the value that it's going to give you. So that's what I want to go over today. First, a quick correction for my last episode. It sounds like Robinhood is going to be adding wallets to their crypto offerings so that you will be able to have control of your coins and move them wherever you want, even off Robinhood's platform without having to sell and create taxable events. You'll just be able to transfer to Coinbase or Gemini or whatever other exchange you would want to transfer to. So that's a good thing. It makes Robinhood a little bit (laughs) not so bad as it was, but I still would not use them for buying crypto personally due to their other ethical issues. All right, moving on. I thought it was pretty interesting to see that there is a guy on Twitter named Plan B. I think it's just at Plan B, and the B stands for Bitcoin. And he is the creator of what's known as the stock-to-flow model, which is one way of valuing Bitcoin. Now, I don't want to go too deep into this, but this is essentially applying a valuation to Bitcoin similar to how you would value gold or silver or other commodities. So it's kind of crazy because he made this model back in 2017. And when he overlaid it on the price action of Bitcoin, it's pretty uncanny how well it has tracked the chart and really not deviated very much. I mean, it goes above and under the line every once in a while. There's volatility, but it really does track the stock to flow that's programmed into Bitcoin. Like the valuation of Bitcoin tracks it really close. So it's pretty interesting and it's calling for some higher numbers here this year or in the next six months. But anyway... What I really want to talk about, I'm not going to go into stock to flow. That's a whole other episode. But the interesting thing about this guy is he called, according to his model, that Bitcoin would close the month of August at 47,000 or higher. And it closed just above 47,000 in August. And then in September, he called the worst case scenario at 43,000, which... It also was just above 43000 So he was really, really close on the month-end closes for two months. And I'm going to be interested to see if he can keep predicting kind of the, the minimum close. Like he's saying it's going to be at least this level, if not higher. For October, he's predicting 63000 a coin. And in November, he's predicting 98000 a coin. And it goes out from there, but... We'll just see if he can nail the next couple of months, but it's pretty interesting. It's really, uh, we'll talk about this more, but when you get into what's known as the halving cycle, 
and how that affects the stock to flow model that he created it's it's pretty interesting that's getting in the rabbit hole quite a bit so a YouTube video might be better suited to explain this stuff so anyway with that I wanted to talk about the value proposition of Bitcoin or digital currencies and with the current way the internet is set up is you can only transfer information over the internet but cryptocurrency is what I just said it's a digital asset there's never been a way to transfer value over the internet just information like I send you a picture of a $20 bill on Facebook Messenger and you use that picture of a $20 bill to buy something you need the actual $20 bill you need because a picture is not worth anything but with crypto there is value digitally it's kind of weird to think about but that's pretty much how it works um, and I want to talk more about the underlying technology of blockchain but I, I'm trying to take this just one step at a time really the main reason why I think that crypto is gonna take off in the world is so much of the world the emerging economies outside of Europe Russia and North America a lot of its kind of like an emerging market or developing nations and you think about all the people in India China Africa Central and South America most of the world never had a landline they never had a landline phone the one that connected to the wall that had a cord and then eventually went cordless but they just didn't ever develop to get that infrastructure and by the time that they maybe would have those phones were obsolete and those people moved on to get cell phones with an internet connection or with data so similarly a lot of these people in developing nations and emerging markets they don't have bank accounts think of El Salvador which just made Bitcoin legal tender there are twice as many people that have used Bitcoin for payments or at least have signed up for the Chivo wallet um, and gotten some Bitcoin from the government essentially to get started double the amount of people about two million people have used this app compared to only one million people that have banks now why is this it's because people in Central America and a lot of these countries are too poor to have banks or their income is too inconsistent to have banks because banks will fee you to death have I don't know if you've ever had a bank account like I do where if you don't direct deposit twice or make 10 debit card transactions a month or keep your balance above a certain level or multiple of those criteria they're gonna send you like a five to thirty dollar fee or something right so that's <laughs> I don't know it's just super annoying when you have some of these banks that charge you these stupid fees um, but literally that's how they make a ton of money is pretty much by ripping you off and in some ways for these people that live in in developing nations they are just never gonna have a bank account because it doesn't make financial sense they're just gonna get feed to death now I read somewhere and I can look this up but a good amount of the GDP of El Salvador is remittances and it just is so 
tough to transfer money. My wife used to send money through Western Union to some friends that she had in the Middle East um, that she had met in Russia while traveling. So she would send them money every once in a while because their business was struggling and, and different things going on like that. But the problem with sending remittances, you know, there's a lot of people that come to America or come to some other country just to work and send money home to their family. And so the fees are just insane. Let's say you want to send $100, you are often going to pay 10 to 15% in fees and you're sending it to your family and you might call them or message them somehow and say, hey, I just sent the money. Instead of $100, it's 85 because of the fees. And also you need to like get a bus and go down to the Western Union and like it might take you some hours to, to do this and some planning around your day. And um, also I don't know if it's going to be here in three days on Thursday or next week on Wednesday. It, it'll just be there when it gets there, but it's probably going to take four to seven days or something like that. So I had a few things in my life recently where crypto made a lot of sense. I recently did a home renovation in 2020 and I didn't have enough cash on hand to do all these things so I borrowed some money at 0% on credit cards <clears throat> but I still needed a little bit more and so I actually borrowed money from my dad and he sent me a check for $15,000 a gift of that size is not taxable so he was charging me 0% just to use this money and to do some of the fixes that I had and just have some cash in the bank in case anything went wrong. But my goal was to pay it back. And so as I was making money and trying to pay him back, I was looking at my options to send him money. And I obviously could send a check in the mail, but you know, sending that amount, you know, my dad sent it to me, I think on a cashier's check, but I didn't really have a bank um, that I wanted to do that. I just didn't really have the time. It's just a huge inconvenience. And in a way, you know, if someone gets their hands on that check, they can sign it and cash it. So yes, there's insurance on it, but it's just is kind of a hassle. And I was also going to go um, visit my dad in the next couple of months. So I decided, let's look at Venmo. And I can't remember exactly, but I believe the, the limit was somewhere around 3000 a week. So best case scenario, I would have my dad paid off in six weeks. I was like, well, I have more money that I want to send than just 3000 a week. So I couldn't easily do it. And the same thing with PayPal is there was limits. My hands were kind of tied. Now, what I could do to get around this is buy like a stable coin like USDC, which is ran by a company called Circle. And just put my dollars to that. So every dollar that goes into USDC is backed by a dollar in reserve. And it's audited monthly to make sure that the true amount is there to back up however many coins or tokens there are digitally. And I could literally have just bought $15,000 of that and sent it to my dad and he would have it in 10 seconds with virtually no fees, definitely nowhere near 5, 10, 15% of fees. There may have been a network fee. I, I don't know what it would be, but I ended up 
he wanted to get some Bitcoin. And so I ended up just buying Bitcoin in June at around 33,000 or something for a portion of the money that I had to send him. And, and I just sent that to him and he had it within 10 minutes. So it was super easy. And it really just highlighted that's a huge value proposition and use case for crypto. The other experience that I had this past year was I was building a fence in my backyard, or rather I hired it out and some people were building a fence. And we actually built it in two sections. When they built one section of fence, they, I gave them a check and this happened sometimes. It was a check for about $1,100. And their bank held on to that check and wouldn't release the funds for five to seven days, business days, right? That's not an uncommon scenario to have that happen. They were kind of annoyed by that. And the next time when they came and they finished up the second section of fence, they're like, hey, can you pay us some other way? We have a, a PayPal account. And so it was a 50-foot stretch of fence that we had to finish. It was $780. So I sent it to, to them on PayPal. The next day, the guys called me and they're like, hey, we got an email from PayPal saying that we won't be able to get the money for 21 days. So this is actually worse than the bank. And I'm not sure why this was, but they told me is that I have to go on after two days from the transaction. So after 48 hours, I have to go on and approve the transaction and say that, yes, I meant to send the money to these people. And anyway, it was just kind of annoying. And again, there was a two-day lag, and it just bothered them. I don't know if they just needed the money to buy more supplies to keep going on their business and, and staying busy. But yeah, it was just annoying. And crypto, again, would have solved this from having me to go on and approve this transaction that I already knew that I wanted to do. And the thing is, I couldn't use the app. I had to go on the website of PayPal to do this. So it was just a lot more inconvenient than I wanted it to be. Now, obviously, there are downsides in that the transactions are pretty irreversible. But that's how Venmo is, too. When you send money to someone on Venmo, that's irreversible. If it's on accident, you're just counting on them to send it back and be good people. It's the same with crypto. But anyway... That's uh, my experience with the use cases of crypto and how quick and easy it can make things. All right, uh, I don't want to keep going on this uh, too long. I'll have more to share with you soon. And just remember that financial independence is doable, and I'll be back with you soon.